Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. Today, I've got Susan Crichton from SJC Plus Zero accountant with me on the Scale Her Up podcast. Susan is one of very few profit first accountants in Scotland and uh, a member of my book club as well. So really great to have you on uh, Scale Her Up. Susan, welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Very exciting. My first podcast. You've got me. You've thingied my cherry. Is that what they say? <laughs> Popped your podcast cherry. Popped your podcast cherry. Yes. Yeah, it's, we're just going to have a nice chat today, Susan. So, yeah, maybe tell the listeners about how you got into business for yourself. Okay. I'd been working for a recruitment agency and I'd been working for them for about seven years. When I joined them, um, it was two very um, dynamic gentlemen that ran the business, that were the directors, and they hired me. And they took me on board. I started by myself, and then we grew the business till there was a team of about four of us in the accounting department. And I loved my job. I loved working for them. They were great to work for. But then about five years in, maybe six years in, they sold the business. They sold it to an Australian company, believe it or not, who wanted to um, start, and it was a recruitment business as well in Australia, but they wanted to tap into the oil and gas in Aberdeen. So the the two boys stayed on for another year because that was part of the deal. But during that year, you could see things were starting to change. And um, I didn't really like how they were changing. And then when the boys left, it just sort of seemed to go downhill. And I just thought, I've loved this job for so long. I don't know whether I want to stay and get to the stage where I end up hating it, you know? So I spoke to my hubby and I said, this is me through and through. I said to him, I think I'll just leave. I haven't got anything to go to, but I'm an accountant. I'll find a job. I think I'll just leave. What do you think? And he said, that's what you want to do. You know, I'll back you. So I left in the November thinking I'll have December off because I love Christmas and I'm always rushing about like a blue arse fly at Christmas time. So I'll have December off and I'll have a lovely Christmas and I'll start a new job in January. So optimistic. (laughs) And I went and I left. I went and signed on with all the recruitment agencies in Aberdeen in December and honestly they were it was dreadful because they were all so negative because I didn't want to go and work for a company in Dice I didn't really want to work for a large organization I've always worked for sort of small medium-sized companies and I wanted to stay in town I live in town I wanted to stay in town I wanted to find somewhere that I could walk to because I've always walked to my work and they were just so negative and by the end of December I thought I don't think I'm going to find anything that I particularly want to do. So I thought, 
At that time, where we live, there was lots of small accountancy firms round about us. There isn't now, because they've all been taken over or merged. Or, But at that time, there was quite a lot of small accountancy firms round about us. So I sent my CV out to them saying, January is a busy month, you know, because it's self-assessment tax returns. Do you need any help? Can I help you for the month of January? And one of them came back literally five minutes up the road from me and said, I can offer you three days a week in January. And I said to him, right, OK, I'll do it. I went to work for him. And when I was working for him, I was thinking, I could do this. I could do this. I don't understand why. So I went, I went to work for Norman in January and I stayed with them till March. And I spoke to him during the time and said to him, I think I could do this, Norman. And he said, I think you could do it as well, Susan. Why don't you do it? So I thought, right, okay. So come the April, started up SJC plus zero accounts. And I thought very naively, Brenda, he would open the door and there would be a queue of people <laughs> saying, here's my business, please help me. It wasn't like that at all. It wasn't like that at all. And it was quite a hard slog, actually, to start. Has that been the biggest challenge then, Susan, getting the clients in at the start? Yes. And also, it's been a big learning curve, Brenda. At the beginning, I didn't value myself enough. I think a lot of small businesses, when they start up, they don't value, especially women, they don't think they're worth you know, and I undersold myself and I took jobs that I shouldn't have taken. And I, cut, you know, when that when I put in proposals for fees and things, if they came back and said, oh, I can get it a bit cheaper somewhere else, I cut my costs. And I did all of that to start with. So that was a big learning curve. I, I remember meeting women, businesswomen, right at the beginning. And she said to me, don't undervalue yourself. Don't sell yourself short. You know, you've got all this experience behind you. Hold out for, you know, if they don't want to pay you for what you're worth, then don't go with them. You know, find someone else. But I didn't listen to her. <laughs> I really didn't listen to her. And also, it, it was difficult because I, you know, you're desperate for any work when you start up so you take anything and everything so that was a big learning curve as well that took me about three years to learn that really did take me three years and then you go through the process of well I've got these clients and I really don't like them and they, they you know they don't value me and I remember Bob saying to me Bob Gentle you have to just sack them you have to get rid of them and me going if I could do that, that's a bit scary but actually you just have to do it you have to sort of learn your worth and what difference did it make when you did sack those when, when action coach we talk about rating your clients that a b c and d and yes. you want lots of a and b clients and d clients are for ditching so yes. how did it feel after you ditched those clients it was quite liberating, actually. It really was quite liberating. It's very frightening to do it. It is very frightening to do it. But it's quite liberating because you just think they pull you down. They really pull you down. They make you question yourself as a person, as, a, as an accountant, as an individual. And really, life's too short. 
really life's too short. You shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. The people that you work with should value you for what you do and you should be able to get on with them. I, the clients that I've got now, I like, I really like my clients and I, I make a point of new clients meeting them and finding out whether I think we're going to, to work, you know, because yes. there's no point in working with someone if, if you don't like them. And also I say to them, this is my fees. And I mean, I still get it now. I still get, oh, I can get it cheaper. Joe Blocks will get it. And I just say that, well, fine, but you won't get me. If you want me, this is what you have to pay. But that took a long time for me to learn to do that. And a bit of courage, really, to do that. But yes, I think I've learned that now. I think you still have periods. I still have periods where I think, when I'm doing proposals, especially, oh my God, that's a lot of money. I don't know whether I can charge that. And I sort of, you have to convince yourself, no, do it. You're worth it. Of course you're worth it, Susan. A valuable learning that many of us in business have to have to learn. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like the message there. Listen to the advice you're getting. Yes. Yes. Do listen. I, I still yes. think about it now and I think she made a lot of sense. She took the time to actually talk to me. She was quite a successful businesswoman. She took the time to talk to me, this person who had only been up and running less than six months. And I just didn't listen to her. I just thought, well, it's easy for you. You've been in business. You you can do that. It's difficult for when you're starting up. And I think it is difficult for when you're starting up, but I think you do need to value yourself. Because I think when it, it comes across, people then think, oh, okay, she thinks she's worth this, so she must be worth this. I'll pay her this. And then when they work with you, they realise that, yes, it's worth it. Yes, yeah. And that kind of brings us on to the the, the profit first ethos. Yes, yes. I, I'm familiar with profit first, but I, you can probably explain it better than I. So just for the listeners who are, are not familiar with, with profit first, can you just explain what it is? Yes. I didn't know anything about this. And it was a book that was recommended to me that I was told to read. So I read it and I thought, okay, get this because all accountants, so in fact, all businesses live by the ethos that profit minus expenses or sales, sorry, sales minus expenses equals profit. So profit comes last. And that's, that's, what you're taught when you're um, learning accountancy and in business, that's what you're taught. Your sales come first. You've got to have sales, otherwise you don't have any business. You take off your expenses and whatever's left at the end is your profit. And that's the big um, thing, whatever's left at the end. So it's it's like a throwaway thing. Your profit is throwaway thing, what's left at the end. And profit first is, it just changes the equation. The maths is exactly the same, but it just changes the equation. It says sales minus profit equals expenses. So your profit comes first. So a lot of businesses, and probably a lot of businesses that are listening to this, entrepreneurs I think are listening to this, will have gone through this scenario where at the end of the year, they've gone to see their accountant, and their accountant said to them, well done, You've made a profit of £10,000. Great. And they've sat there and they've thought, 
10,000 pounds, but where is it? I don't have 10,000 pounds, so where is it? And depending on the person, they might say to their accountant, but where's the 10,000 pounds? They might not, because they might think, oh, I'm going to sound silly if I say, oh, where's the 10,000 pounds? And he'll say, or she'll say, well, that's paper profit. So the whole point about profit first is to make profit first and to make it an actual tangible cash profit. So it's a cash-based accounting system. And it's just flipped the way that you think about profit. So instead of thinking that profit comes last, you think that profit comes first. So behaviorally, you think differently about your business and it makes you look at your business in a different way. And I'll have clients that say to me, but what if I don't have, if I take my profit first and I do, then I don't have the expenses to run the business, how am I supposed to run the business? And what you need to do is you need to look at your expenses and see we call it filling the gaps. Is there anything, I mean, how often do, do, do businesses actually sit down and look at their bank statements and go through their bank statements and see all the transactions that come off, are they of value to the business? And if they're not of value to the business, what am I paying for? So we get them to do that first. We also, he believes quite strongly in Parkinson's law which says that whatever you've got in front of you, you'll use. So if you think about it, like if you're on a, a, a trying to watch what you're eating sort of thing, and you think you're out, maybe the hairdresser, the hairdresser is a good example. And the hairdresser says, would you like a cup of coffee? And he brings you a cup of coffee and he brings you some biscuits. He puts the biscuits in front of you. And you think, I don't really want that biscuit, but it's there. So I'm going to eat it. Mm -hmm. And you don't just eat the one, you maybe eat the two or the three that are sitting there. So it's exactly the same with your cash. So Parkinson law says, if you look at your bank account and you've got cash sitting there, you're going to spend it. Whereupon we say, take the cash and distribute it into different bank accounts. Take the cash and put it into your profit bank account. So you've got some profit set aside, some actual cash profit set aside. Put some into a tax account so that when it comes to pay your taxes or your VAT account, you've got the money actually there, sitting there. Put some into an owner's account so that you pay yourself. Because how many um, entrepreneurs don't pay themselves? They'll pay their staff, they'll pay their rent, they'll pay their rates. And, you know, if there's anything left in the bank at the end, they'll pay themselves. If there's nothing left in the bank at the end, they don't pay themselves. So they get to the end of the year, they've had a really busy year, their accountant says to them, you've made 10,000 profit. And they think, but I haven't taken any money out of the business and where's that 10,000 pounds? So we put some money aside for the owners and then whatever's left is what you run the business on, is the operating expenses. And you have to get, if there's not a lot left in the pot, you have to get creative. And you have to think, well, what can I do to make that money work for my business? And that's the whole ethos of Profit First. So that every quarter you pay yourself like 
a dividend because you put money aside into a profit bank account, profit first bank account, and you take half of it and you spend it on yourself. You say, and it has to be something frivolous. Can't be, you can't take half of it and say, I'm going to reinvest it in the business unless you're paying back debt. But you say, I'm going to buy something really frivolous. Um, and you might say, I've always wanted uh, a Gucci handbag. I'm going to go and buy a Gucci handbag. Or if holidays are your thing, you might say, I'm going to take the family away for the weekend. Or if food is your thing, you might go and say, I'm going to have a really nice Michelin-starred meal. And the other half of the profit, you actually physically put away into a bank account that's difficult for you to get a hold of. So it might be one that has 30 days before you can release it, or it might be one where you don't get, you don't have, it's not easy access to it. It maybe has a passbook. I know they're very rare nowadays, but you actually have to physically go to the bank and withdraw the money. You can't do it online sort of thing. And that is like your, your little pot for emergencies. So like, over the past year, if you'd built up that little pot, you could use that over the last year while the business was struggling. Mm -hmm. You had money there to survive. You always have money in the tax bank account. So come the 31st of January, um, you've got money to pay your self-assessment tax or nine months after the, the year end, if you're a limited company, you've got money to pay your corporation tax. You've got money in a VAT account so that every quarter you can pay your VAT. Can you imagine the relief? You don't have to be looking at the bank account going, I've got the VAT to pay this part and I haven't got the money. You've got it in a bank account sitting there. It's just changing the behaviour and the way that you think about how you run your business. And I'm quite passionate about it. And I think... Um, the clients that I've spoken to, <clears throat> one of them actually said to me, God, Susan, if I'd known about this when I first started up, there's lots of decisions I wouldn't have made because I didn't have the money yes. to do it. Because I've got myself into this debt situation because I thought I needed these things to run the business or to push the business forward. And if I'd looked at it the way that you are looking at it, we wouldn't have got ourselves into that situation. And it's quite sort of liberating. I've been doing it since January and um, it's worked for me. I've got money set aside in profit account, which I can go on holiday next week and I don't have to worry because I've got the money set aside for it. I've got money set aside to pay my taxes I've got money to pay myself, to pay all my bills. And what balance is left is what I run the business on. Now, I won't say it's easy. I mean, there are some months where it's quite difficult. And for some reason, July was a difficult month. And I was, you know, at the, towards the end of July, I was struggling. I was thinking I haven't got that much left in the expenses bank account to survive. But you just cut your cloth. Or... You go to the people that owe you money and you say, can you pay me? You know, it's been 30 days overdue or 
60 days overdue or you go to people that you owe money to and say, do you mind if I don't pay you for another week? Because I get paid, I get some money coming in on the first of the month and I'll pay you then. You just cut your cloth. It's really, I, really good. Yes, I, I mean, I find it, it was fascinating. I've got the book here. I know we're on audio, not video. I would recommend anyone to read the book. I meet a lot of business owners who are not comfortable with the financial side of their business. And, you know, sometimes maybe have their head in their sand a little yes. um, and only looking at what's in the what's in the bank account at, at yes. any particular time. So it's it's not a pleasurable read, I would say, the book, no, but a no. really valuable read for your business. And, you know, if you can yeah. read that book and implement the, the actions in that book, make a big difference to... Yeah to we, your control of the money side of your business yeah. and we, we say we take it slowly because if you come to me and say i want to start using profit first i do a profit first assessment first of all i assess where the money is going in the business at the moment and then we take it slowly i mean more often than not there's no money going into a profit bank account because that just just doesn't exist so I might say to you, well, let's start by doing 1%. 1% isn't a lot. So if you've got £100 going into your business, you put a pound away. And if your business can operate on £100, it can operate on £99, something. And we start off with 1%. And then gradually, you as a business owner start to see that money building up. It's not going to happen overnight, but you, you start to see it building up. And behaviorally, you start to think, oh, my God, I've got £1,000 in my profit. First, I've got £1,000 sitting in a bank account that I can do, you know, what I want with sort of thing. Oh, my God. And then maybe two months down the line, you might say to me, that's really working. Can I up it to 2%? We go, right, okay, let's up it to 2%. The thing is, if you up it to 2%, you've got to find that 2% from somewhere. So you've got to look at your expenses and reduce your expenses by 2%. But 2% isn't a lot. £2 out of every £100 isn't a lot. And it might be something as simple as you might have a subscription that you've got going through every month and you look at it and you think, what's that for? What am I paying that for? Do I, do I actually need it? Do I get value from it? Is it giving me, is it worthwhile to the business? And if the answer is no, get rid of it. Get rid of it. And then you might find that might clear 5% and you could put 5% into the profit bank account. I mean, how great is that? <laughs> So we don't say, you know, it, it's called small plates. We say start off small, 1% to start with. So it might take a year before you get to, you're putting 10% into the profit account, you're putting 15% into your tax account, you're putting 30% into the owners and the balance is what the business is running on. And also it helps you make decisions. So you might, a business might say to me, it's great, Susan, it's been working, but I want to expand the business. I need to buy this piece of equipment. 
or I need to hire this person. And then we look at how much is that going to cost and how are we going to actually fund that? How are we going to solve? Mm -hmm. So are we going to increase our sales somehow so that we can do that? We try not to look at debt. We try not to go down the debt route because that's difficult. But there must be other ways that you can fund it. And maybe you'll have built up this little pot in your profit, you know, over the year. And you might say, well, can I take some of that to buy this piece of equipment because it's going to increase my sales by this or this person's going to allow me to do this so that I can generate more sales. And it, it helps you make better business decisions, I think. Yes, yes, definitely. It sounds like you've got an ongoing relationship with your, your clients. You're seeing them on a regular basis. And I think that's maybe not always common no. in the relationship with the, the business owner and the accountant. No, and I think with Profit First, we say to start with, we need to see you on a regular basis. We probably need to see you to start with maybe weekly, monthly, just to make sure that, because you actually physically have to open up the bank accounts. You actually physically have to start moving the money. And that's, that's, that's a behavior thing. You have to get into the behavior of doing that. So to start with, we keep a, a good eye on them, encourage them, help them see where they can save the money so that they can be putting the money aside. And then gradually, as they get used to that, we stop seeing them so much. So we might stop seeing them every week. We might start seeing them only monthly. And then I always see my clients quarterly. I always see all my clients quarterly because I think quarterly is good. So it would go down to quarterly, but it wouldn't go further than quarterly unless they say, no, I only want to see you every six months or... I only want to see you at the end of the year. Though seeing you at the end of the year, is, it's too late. It's too yes, late. If I would agree. Made, if you've made decisions, it's too late to say to them, well, if you'd done this and you'd done that and you'd done the next thing, it's past, it's historical. Quarterly is good. But when they first start with Profit First, we tend to see them on a weekly basis, monthly basis, and then quarterly. And I think it's good. It builds up a relationship. You get to know the client. You get to know how they think. You get to know their goals, what they want to do, where they want to go. And I mean, their goals could be anything. Their goals could be, I want to, you know, I want to be able to go and pick my kids up from school. And I want to come home with my kids and sit and have an evening meal with them. But I can't do that just now because, because of this and this. Or it might be, I want to buy my first house. I want to save enough money to buy my first house. It might be just, I want to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, their the goals can be a lot of things. And it's only by talking to them on a regular basis and them getting to know you and getting to trust you that you start to find out and then you can guide them. I mean, you could take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, but you can guide them, encourage them in the right direction. And that's the joy, Brenda, that's the joy. 
It, exactly. Just, you know, the same as my job as the as a coach, helping them to achieve their their goals and yeah. helping them to take the steps to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best bit of the job. Being able to take a client that's really struggling, that's not making any money, that's living, you know, on paycheck to paycheck or, you know, sale to sale and seeing them suddenly having money in the bank being able to do what they want. And I mean, they might not want to be rich. Like I say, they might just want time. Yes. Being able to take a Friday off, being able to have a long weekend and know that the business is going to be fine. You know, it's just nice. It's really nice. It makes the job worthwhile. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm thinking about the profit first system and everything there. So we've probably got some listeners who are are just thinking of starting up and thinking that they, you know, they can't really do that because there's no money coming in yet. You know, at what stage in their business should they be thinking about profit first? I know the answer, answer, but yeah. (laughs) yeah. From the very beginning, from the very beginning, because even if there's, you know, they say there's no money coming in, there is money coming in. And like I say, you start off small, you start off at 1%. And if you've got £100 coming in, the business can survive on £99 and you can put £1 away. And you might think, oh, £1 not much, but £1 is better than nothing and it will build up. You can, you must start from the very beginning. Yeah. You can't say, oh, I'll wait until the business is profitable. No. Business you start now and behaviorally you'll feel much better about it if you're taking money and putting it aside into profit and you're taking money and putting aside for you as the business owner because most entrepreneurs the the best asset in the business is them and they don't value themselves enough so it goes back to the same thing they don't value themselves enough The business would not survive without them. They have to learn that they are the most important asset. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are your ambitions for the future then? I really want to build up. I want to get a message out about Profit First. Because like you say, there's very few Profit First accounts in Scotland. I I only knew of one. I've since learned of another one. So I think there's only two, but I think in the whole of the UK, there is only about 16 of us. So there's not a lot. And I don't understand why the message isn't getting out. So that's that's an accreditation that you have? Yes. 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 Because it's it was started in America, so it's very big in America. And he's he is starting to sort of expand into other countries. He's got Canada. He's recently gone to India. Um, He has other countries in Europe as well. But for some reason, the UK has been very sort of slow at the uptake. So I really want to get the message out because I think his aim is to uh, eradicate entrepreneur poverty, which if you you think about it, most businesses that start up, the business owner are the, the poor one at the end. They're never making any money. Mm. The business might be doing well. The staff might be getting paid. He might be paying his rent, paying his electricity. But he as an individual, or she as an individual, 
has got no money. You know, they've got no money to go on holiday. They've got no money to, to buy the house that they want. They've got no money to have the car that they want. So his um, aim is to eradicate entrepreneur poverty. And I think, yeah, I need to get that message out. I need to have, get more businesses on the profit first ladder. So that's my goal over the next, I suppose, year, two years, whatever, um, for the time being. And to use it in my own business, which I have been doing since January, and it has been working for me, I've seen a big difference. And it's not easy, but nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. Starting a business isn't easy. If it was easy, everyone would have done it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, as you know, the Skill Her, Skill Her Up was uh, born out of a, a desire on, on my part to make a difference to the, the gender balance in entrepreneurship. What can we do as women in business other than championing profit first for all of our sisters going through yeah. the, the, the journey as an entrepreneur? But what, what can we do to help other women in business, do you think? I think we need to encourage, support other women in business. And we need to get the message out that they are of, because I think women in particular don't think they are of value. Um, I think we need to get that message out. And it's difficult. I mean, a lot of my clients are women, which is great. Mm -hmm. And I think there's more and more women starting up business and realising. And the younger generation, I mean, my son's wife is very, you know, very confident very sort of so um I think they are it is changing I mean I look at her and I look at what I was like at that age I wasn't anything as confident as she is and the the young women businesses that I deal with they are very confident they do have their glitches I had one yesterday who was feeling a bit, you know, what am I doing? I haven't done this right. So you need to sort of be encouraging them and saying to them, you know, the men go through it as well. It's not just women, the men go through it as well. But I think it is changing. I think the young ones are far more confident than I ever was at that age. But yes, just support. And even when I first started in business, because I worked in London for a while, and the women board, they didn't have a very good reputation. Because it used to be that women boss had to act like men. Yeah. And I don't think they do anymore. So, and they went to the extreme so that they were really difficult to work with. And if you were a woman working with them, they weren't encouraging. And I think that was because they were frightened because there wasn't that many of them at the mm. top. Whereupon now, I think we should be encouraging them. The more women in business, the better, I think. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree, yes. I, d I, I don't think there's enough yet, but I think we're getting there. It is getting better. We are starting to hear our voice. We are starting to speak up. And we are getting a bit more confident and just encourage, encourage. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. You and I, obviously, Susan, are here to do that, to, yes. to help and support any women um, yes. and men in business. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And I'd happily talk to any woman in business. I mean, happily, not sort of give them any advice, hope that they would maybe listen to the advice and not do what I did, listen to them and go, 
Well, I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and learned the hard way. Yes. Yeah. Let's try to make it as easy for ourselves and others as possible by sharing the advice, I guess, which is, yeah, which is why I've brought you on, invited you on to scale her up today. So well, that's been fantastic, Susan. Uh, really good to good. chat with you. I good. learned from our mutual acquaintance and friend, Michael Heppel, a great question to end an interview okay. is there anything that i should have asked you susan that i didn't oh that's a difficult one brenda is there anything you should have asked me that you didn't or anything that you wanted to say that we haven't covered no i think i've got across the profit first which is good i got across the whole point about supporting women which is good but i can support men as well I mean, yes. I'm not sort of against men and I do have a lot of male clients. And I think the most important thing is let's have fun. Business shouldn't be so serious. You should be able to have a laugh. You know, yes. that's, that's part of, I like to be able to laugh with my clients. It can't all be dull and serious and boring. Let's have some fun too. <laughs> yeah, put some fun into the the finance part, Susan. That's yes. brilliant. <laughs> yes, definitely. So the book is Profit First by Mike. Yeah, just put Profit First into Amazon. You're sure you'll find it there. And Susan said she'd love to talk to anyone, so reach out to Susan as well. Yeah, great to have you on the show, Susan. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you very much for asking me. Loved it. Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur's show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcasts. Or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you, only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female. And men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it, and we're gonna make a massive difference.